Alright, what's up? What's going on, Derek? Another week, get through. Okay, let's do it again. Oh, absolutely. Here. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Always a good way to start, right? That's how we're going to start every episode now. I agree. Well, it's been busy, right? It's been a busy week for us, that's for sure. As much as work has been busy, have you found some free time for yourself? Um, not so much during the week. Um, over the weekend, <clears throat> we uh, we actually had a tournament, a bass tournament. Um, didn't do great. It was uh, it was actually the first time I've ever uh, bass fished a uh, downpour when it was raining a whole bunch. Um, Let me interrupt you there. Did you wear rain gear? No. Good. <laughs> no. No. I I was wearing my uh, hook fishing shirt. Uh, blue jeans. I did bring my muck boots though, so my feet would stay dry. Yeah, and it la- lasted all the way up until literally the point I walked into my house because it, by the time the you know the five and a half six hour tournament was over, um, my jeans had gotten so soaked, and, it, and even though the rain wasn't hitting the lower part of my jeans, uh, the water started to seep down. So as it set down, it eventually got down to the bottom of my boots. However, it held off all the way, literally, until I was walking to the shower in my house. So I was like, okay, I, I'll live with that. So there was a moment where it stopped raining. I'm looking around. I was like, man, I got to get out there. And I'm, hey, babe, uh, I'm probably going to leave here in a little bit. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah, go hit the lake. She's like, really? Like, Absolutely. So I grabbed the kayak, and I went out, and I show up to the parking lot. Man, there's already about five different vehicles there. And I'm looking around. I'm like, there's no one here. Are they really out on the lake? And so while I'm just sitting in my truck trying to watch the weather, another truck pulls up and a guy gets out with a paddle board. He takes his paddle board, launches it right there at the boat ramp and takes off like maybe three minutes prep time. And I'm looking like he's already on the lake. I need to get out there. So I go ahead and I get out there and I look and he already just went right over to the spot I normally go to this guy. So that's when I was messing around there on uh, this one lake on the right side where there's a bunch of like brush. And I look over and I got my best, uh, my best catch, if you will, of the week. And that is an RC boat. So I literally, I, I saw it from a distance. I was like, what is that just trash up under that tree? So I paddle up to it and it's a legit, uh, you, you saw it, right? Yeah. It's, it's a legit RC boat. That is, I've never caught anything like that. I mean, I've definitely caught, uh, you know, or snagged spare hooks, you know, in the water, bobbers. I've never caught a boat. <laughs> And this thing's been out there for a while because I was like, I'm going to leave it. I think someone's probably going to come back and get this. No, it's like sun bleached and it was still on. Like the battery on it was still good. So it's the light for showing it was on, still red. Like no freaking way. That's wild. Um, speaking of snagging, like, you know, or whatever, foul hooking or catching something. Um, I remember when we lived in Florida and I was fishing on the lake with with grandpa and actually my brother too, Casey. Um we were uh, fishing Bremen Shellcracker. I think I've talked about it before on the on, on the show. Um, it was one of the times of the year where they were running, and we could catch just a bunch of them. And so we're fishing, and we're using light tackle, right? Um, and one breaks my line. It was a big, it was a good size. I think it was a shellcracker. Um, it was a really good size. It broke my line. So whatever, you know, no big deal. I tie on a new split shot, put on a new bobber, put on a new hook, all that. I'm fishing. Well, there was a boat next to us that was also fishing and I don't know, maybe five minutes later um, he yells over. He's like, Hey, uh, I caught your fish. I was like, what do you mean? And he holds it up and it's hooked 
by the split shot weight that it like so the, the hook and the line and the weight are still in this fish's mm-hmm. mouth he hooked it by the split shot that's crazy just pure dumb luck that's crazy that's awesome though oh that's the hell that was like i didn't i wasn't even mad i was impressed one that it would like actually stay like yeah yeah so but anyway i wanted to get that out since you, I, I just remembered that story since you had uh, mentioned i see this guy pretty constantly the same like i keep going to in the mornings and he is slaying the bass right from the, sh- the bank there there's like a, some rock piles and yesterday uh, two days ago now excuse me we were talking and he caught a monster right there from the freaking little rock area and when i say a monster it's like from the kayak when i saw him hold it up i was like dang that's a good bass and it was all of four and a half five pounds and anyway i go in and i talk to him about it and he said actually this thing had two different hooks in its mouth he said one was hooked into like that tongue area and the other one was a circle hook out its upper lip i'm thinking that's insane that this fish had two different hooks plus his plus mouth. his yeah and it's still trying to eat it's still trying to get some well who knows how long those hooks have been there yeah too I mean, a lot of fishermen think if they can't get a hook out, they just cut the line like, oh, it'll dissolve out. They don't hit that. takes a while. I can take a salt water, maybe not so much, but freshwater. Yeah. That yeah. That'll take a while. while. Yeah, for sure. Unless they can somehow maneuver it out. I don't know. I don't know how they would. It's not like they have arms and thumbs, but I did see a post on Instagram where this guy caught a huge bass and he said, look, and you can see through its anus, it was passing a hook. And he literally goes in to talk about that these fish are so resilient that even when they swallow a hook, you do cut the line, that it will still work its way, kind of like a porcupine quill in your body. It'll mm-hmm. still work its way out. And you look and they zoom in on it, and there's a freaking hook that's being passed by this bass where the barb had just cleared its anus and just hanging out there. That'd be fucking painful. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, I was like, well, do you try could to you help imagine, the fish? Could Please. you imagine shitting out a hook? <laughs> no <laughs> no no I, and i don't want to uh, no <laughs> but it, is, it is crazy how resilient some of these animals are i worked with a contractor once who took a monster elk it was a great elk up in idaho northern idaho and while he was cleaning it cleaning the backstrap he said he was running his knife through its backstrap and he felt the feeling of metal on metal I'm like that makes you like body clench to think of like grinding on metal with a knife mm-hmm. and so he starts cutting away he found a lot of scar tissue and start cutting he found a freaking broadhead he found a broadhead that's wild think though like how long was that broadhead in there oh who knows right yeah i mean a year two maybe I mean, maybe he said it was fresh old. yeah he said it was old. He said it was old. He said it was old, and the scar tissue around it was all built up. And he, he still had it. You got to think. Not only was this animal shot by an arrow, not only did it, the arrow stay in and finally break off, but then it lived its life with a broadhead in its back. Think about if I shot you with an arrow. Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'd, I'd probably be dead. Uh, yeah, we're humans. We're just right. squishy jelly donuts of muscle and blood and we just died but that elk continued on and they're just bigger they're well i mean so i've explained this to my wife before where they don't 
see or they don't like pain to us is much different than pain to like a, a deer or an elk in the sense of like their whole thing is survival as to where like for us it's just un- like pain is just uncomfortable you know if you have a bum leg then i don't know maybe you walk a little slower to starbucks or whatever but for them if they have <laughs> something starbucks that's what you go with yeah, i don't know <laughs> that's the first thing that popped into mind for whatever reason i actually I don't even go to starbucks um sure <laughs> <laughs> but, but i mean you're um, absolutely right like for them it's survival for them they don't have another option yeah they don't it's not they because like they when it rains they're not like oh shit let's go home and let's stay inside now they're just fucking dealing with it it's crazy to sit out in the back porch and watch and we'll have these massive storms start rolling in. You see the lightning off in the distance. You look around, everyone runs inside their homes and you see out in that field out there, all the deer just in the field. They don't have another option. They just deal with it. They deal I with mean, it. And that's just one of the ways we are just such a odd species when it comes to the history of the world and everything. It's like, it's just so weird. But what's so cool to think about is we don't have to do that because we developed to where we build houses. I'm sitting in front of a laptop right now. Yeah. <laughs> For fun, we throw things. That's crazy, right? Well, I, I, for, for, I go out in the rain and get poured on for fun to fish, right? I, I've talked to uh, friends in the past before, like when we went duck hunting. And you know you don't duck hunt in nice weather. It's, it's never nice. <laughs> it's no. It's it's always at least very cold, and it just so happens duck hunting is best when the weather is shit. So whether it's snowing or raining and cold, or it's like really misty, duck hunting is at its best when the weather is at its worst. When we would be the most uncomfortable. However, we subject ourselves to all of this crap and potential misery because we find it fun or like we really enjoy the process of our food for whatever reason we enjoy that process there's been a few times where i've been in my tree stand and it's 20 degrees 10 degrees gets down the negatives and i can last a while there was one day where it was like negative 15. I go walking in five in the morning, be there before sun comes up and you're in a metal tree stand. It doesn't matter how many layers you have on your feet get so cold. And I can normally, I can last about five hours, six hours sitting there. And I got like two hours and I start shivering. And I was like, man, the sun just broke. This is fun. Oh, <laughs> I guess it's on some level. It's fun, right? You just sit there and you're so cold. I just go home. But man, and you look off in the distance and you see those deer coming out of the woods. You're you like, oh, instantly forget about your feet being cold. What feet? <laughs> yeah, I have feet. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Only thing I'm worried about is either, you know, depending on what time of the year it is, your gun or your bow. Grab my bow. Yep. Make sure that arrow's good. Yeah, it's funny. So you mentioned Idaho. Um, recently, you were over in that area uh, over the past month or so. Uh, and we didn't get to talk about it last time, mainly because we forgot. But uh, you got quite a you had quite a fun trip to uh, the Yellowstone area. So let's hear about that. Did I ever? Where do we begin? Uh, well, let's uh, we'll begin from the, at the beginning. Let's, let's, say, do, let's do leading up to the trip, actually, because you had an eventful few days before that. <laughs> did I ever? Uh, I would 
Yes. <laughs> so I ended up uh, getting ready. I have a group of friends that I've been friends with now for about four years. We were all together over in England and we call ourselves kind of like a family now to where we're vacation together and come together with uh, the family, if you will, with the kids and all the adults. And our new thing is we're trying to do some kind of event. So the idea was let's go run a half marathon through Yellowstone. I actually thought it was a marathon and it wasn't until like two weeks leading up to it that I found out that the whole time, no, it's a half marathon. So I've been training and running for a full. So anyway, I'm good to go. I got a couple hundred miles underneath me. Let's, let's do this. I just, I'm worried about the altitude. And then I asked myself, what is the altitude? Do you know the altitude at Yellowstone? Uh, it depends on where you are in Yellowstone, but no. I think the the average out there is like 7,500. Yeah, it's up there. 65, 75, and there's one, uh, I think it's like a welcome center that's at 8,200. I remember when I was visiting Montana for work, a couple of the crew went hiking in just in a random trail in Montana, and we got like 100 yards in, and we are just gassed. We're like, what the fuck? I mean, we were all in yeah, right. shape at that point. We're like, what the fuck is going on? We're not, we weren't going through rugged terrain. Just elevation yeah. was yeah. just killing us but it's crazy right yeah you just lay in bed and you're like why am i like struggling to breathe and you realize oh i'm at 6900 feet but (laughs) then uh so what's funny is sitting here in delaware how far up is our altitude here in dover delaware Uh, above sea level like five feet (laughs) exactly like we got the back there it is right there you know yeah i think the highest point is like in delaware or dover delaware is like 12 feet above sea level but anyway so uh i'm ready to go i'm feeling good and then i'm not feeling good one day literally feel like i don't know i worked out too hard or something my whole body kind of hurt i was that's weird maybe i'm I'm just getting sick or something i don't know i didn't think much about it well come to find out no i got really sick uh we ran a fever i was on the couch for like two days and i was a mess so uh you said you woke up in a puddle of sweat did i ever (laughs) i literally thought i pissed the bed i woke up and like what is going on and like looked around my wife walks into the room and at the same moment of me waking up realizing i'm in this puddle of sweat she looks at me and goes, are you okay? And I'm like, uh, yes, because I literally thought, did I pee the bed? How long have I been sleeping? I don't know. And I quickly realized that, no, I had like 103 fever. And then I went and laid down. And I literally, I wore, I think I sent you a picture, didn't I? I'm literally laying down. It's like 95 degrees out. I think it was like 72, 71 in the house. And I'm wearing a beanie, a hoodie, uh, my winter hunting jacket, and I'm literally just shivering. Like, What's going on? That. So anyway, I was just like, I don't feel good. And then finally, the fever broke, and I sweated. Is that the right? Is that a word? Sweated. I think it's just sweat. Sweat. I, I sweat, sweat I so sweat much, or something. Yeah, I sweat so much where it literally, I got up from the bed, and you can see the entire outline of my body on the the bed sheets. <laughs> Not even just like my my core. You could see my legs. You could see my feet. You could see my head on the pillow. It was crazy. That's a rough few days. So, got past that. Everything was good and decided, uh, hey, let's go run this half marathon in Yellowstone. <laughs> so, how many days ahead of time before? Because you already had your flight planned out, obviously. So, how many days before your flight did you feel like, okay, I'm feeling better now? Four, five. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think four. I thought Because I thought it was a lot closer to that. Maybe so. Our flight was on Tuesday. I got sick on Thursday. The worst was on Friday. I was fine Saturday. Sunday, I was fine. Monday, I went to work and we left Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. So, four days, three days. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, I was good. So, we uh, flew into Salt Lake and drove up into Yellowstone, which, by the way, is gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. 
so if for people that don't hang out in the West a lot in that area of the world, it is breathtaking because you don't really understand what big sky country really means until you go to this area and you look out and it's just vast openness and it's just it's incredible distances are very deceiving oh my goodness yes (laughs) and even let's just start at salt lake city itself i love that city i've been there a few times Uh, we end up staying the night in salt lake i love it the mountains are right there you can see the salt lake so it goes to the flat clean just a good city so driving up when you finally leave like the Utah area, you start getting to Idaho. It's, it's a little boring through there, a little flat. But then once you get to like the edge, getting into like the mountain range, you look off in the distance and you see the grand Tetons just scraping the sky. You're just like, that's crazy. That that's someone's backyard, by the way, the original skyscrapers. Someone lives here and their back porch faces that and they see this every night. And here I am driving, trying not to drive off the road, staring you at it. You can't stop looking at it. You can't. The whole time I'm just like, look at that. Lauren's like, I get it. It's mountains. And I was like, no, but look at it. It's, it's awesome. So we get up into Yellowstone. We get our Airbnb in the first night. We party. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we had some fun. We had to catch up. It's been a year since we've seen each other. So we cut loose. We had a great time. So the next morning we wake up and all the wives went and ran a 5K. And a couple of the kids, they went and ran it as well. So we, you know, checked in. So was there, high fived. Great to watch all of them finish it. Was like, all right, cool. Nice little pregame, like for sure. You know, it, like not to de- like diminish or whatever. It's like it's like JV playing before varsity. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a way to put it. Uh, kind of funny. One of the one of the Lord kids might not appreciate that uh, analogy, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think she's she's not listening. Oh, no, she already uh, said we were boring, so that's that's fair. <laughs> so one of uh, the sons, one of my friend's sons, was running the five k, and we're at dinner, and one of the, my wife actually was like, "Hey, is is he okay?" And we're like, "What do you mean?" While he was running the five k, some lady had her dog standing on the side, and her dog jumped out and bit him on the arm while he's running, and I think he's eleven years old. His freaking dog attacked him while he was running through the Yellowstone. That happened to me during my last PT test. I didn't get bit, but... It lunged at you? It chased me. What a great motivation. <laughs> it chased me the opposite direction. How big was this dog? It, well, it was, so it was an Australian Shepherd, so not like huge, but okay. I mean, it's a yeah. freaking dog who's chasing me. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's mad, right? Right. And I'm like, I, was, I had already run like a mile. I was actually just about to finish my mile. So I'm already kind of tired. Yeah. It's just this dog comes out of nowhere. What the fuck? Anyway. Yeah, this dog bit him. So uh, all everyone that finished was on this high. We're in Yellowstone. It's gorgeous. They just did a 5K. And they're like, let's go to dinner. We don't just go to dinner with 15 people. Like, that's a whole event. So it's like 10 o'clock now. We're still like 30 minutes away from the Airbnb. And I'm like, hey, aren't we supposed to be up at 4 in the morning to go do this run? Like, start time was at 6. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, we should probably go to bed. And so we end up staying, having a few drinks, all that good stuff. We wake up the next morning, we go, and it's like the hype before a big event. I think 2,000 people were there for a a half marathon. It's pretty solid. We were walking around. We're like, they have these pacers. Like, what's your time frame? What's your slots like? And all that. So we're like, what are we trying to run this in? And we all agreed, the four of us, let's do it in two hours. So we'll just hop in this, this group. Ready, set, go. We went. And when I say it's a run through Yellowstone, I've showed you the videos, but I'll, I'll post them actually on the, the, the chat. 
there are parts where there wasn't a course, there wasn't a road. They literally logged it and they just left the trees right there and you had to jump over these logs. It was off-road uh, for sure. I think elevation gain at one point was 600 feet and a third of a mile. So not that's, that's pretty good. Uh, I got a little tired and that's literally at the halfway point. It's the six-mile yeah, marker. But yeah, it was good. We all finished. It was amazing. And where the fun really began is after that, we immediately went into Yellowstone uh, to the uh, Old Faithful area, if you will. So we went over there, saw Old Faithful, and <laughs> it's all let down. Did you see it when you were there? I did not. So we did the upper loop, which which is what where all that flooding hit, which you were also there for yeah, that. I was there for that. Into, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're, you're skipping some of, the, some of the marathon, didn't you? Have, you had to... You uh, had what four buddies run with you, right? And you placed uh, what? What was that? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's go back. Uh, four of us did it. One guy is a stud. Uh, Michael, shout out to you, man. You're a stud. And when you look at him, you're just like, you're a dad. You're, you're a father of four. You're a busy man, and yet he shows up, and he is a stud for sure. So he, I think he was like two hours and two minutes or something like that. I ended up getting to the top of mile six. And I look over, and the guy who put this whole thing on, Brian, I saw him behind me, and I was like, "I'm, I'm gonna motivate him." So I'm standing on top of this, this crest, if you will, and I start screaming at Brian, "Get the fuck up here!" <laughs> and he's dead. He's so dead. His eyes are glossed over like a shark eating. You know, they're all just white. We're six miles in, and he is dead. So I'm up there, and I'm just jumping up and down. Get up here now! Get you! Get the fuck up here! And then he looks up and starts laughing. And I realized all these people that were around him were just staring at me as I'm jumping up and down, screaming at him. So he uh, gets to the top and he looks at me and goes, hey, were you saying something? And I realized he had his <laughs> headphones on full blast to cancel out his thoughts probably. But he gets up to the top and I was like, hey, man, just stick with me. We'll get this done. So he got like two more miles into it. And I realized like I'm slowing down. Like I'm starting to pace to him. This is wrong. I'm trying to get this time. So I take off. I get in the zone and I freaking just pound out some miles. It was right around like mile 11 and a half ish. They had this marker and I didn't stop at any aid station, by the way. I had a little pack that I had, but I think the entire time I drank 16 ounces of water. And so I was coming up to the final little aid station there and I was like, should I stop and finally get like the free gummies or whatever those things are called, the bars or the, the goo? Have you ever had that? I never had the goo, no. Oh, make you shit your pants. I don't care what anyone says. I'll pass then. It's literally thick as honey, but it's like this syrup concoction they have that's supposed to give you energy during a run. And people slurp them down like crazy. No, dude. <laughs> not, if you don't train with it, then why would you do it the day of? And people yeah, are practice, yeah, practice how you play, right? And there are porta potties everywhere, and for good reason. One of the aid stations, they literally just had a five gallon bucket and they put a tent over top of it. And they said, if you need to go, use this. That's crazy. All right. Well, classic. Wave at everybody as they run by you. But yeah, so I get to like 11 and a half. I slow up and I'm contemplating, should I get some water here or not? No, I, I can get this. It's another mile and a half. I'm good. And just as I say that, Brian passes me. And I look over and he is in the zone. He has blinders on. He noticed me. And I was like, this guy. So I take off running, catch up to him. And I smack him on the arm like, hey, what's up? And he's like, oh, hey, man. Well, let's do this. Let's finish this together. He's like, yeah, yeah let's go. So what do I do? I wanted to capture the moment of him finishing a half marathon. He has never ran further than 10 miles, and now he's doing a half marathon in Yellowstone. 
So I was like, I'm going to film this guy. So I pull out my phone, put video on, and I start recording. And I'm glad I did. But the part that eats me alive is I was so focused on getting his reaction, getting that moment, that he beat me. He crossed the finish line literally one second before me. So I, I didn't think about that moment. You know, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And we went over and, you know, everyone hugged and whatnot. And then it hit me. Brian just beat me. Brian just crossed the finish line before me. Technically beat you. He beat me. There's no other way about it. Yeah. So we uh, hang out for a little bit. We go to breakfast. And out of all places, we grab McDonald's. About, uh, before we go into like the area where we wanted to go see uh, Old Faithful. A hey, champion's dinner right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. So we're sitting there. And it's still only like 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, about eight th- oh, 9 o'clock by the time we're at McDonald's. And so we get our breakfast. We're sitting there. And everyone's like, hey, man, you okay? And I finally had to let it out. You know I'm not okay. And they're like, either are we, man. Our knees hurt. Our feet hurt. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, I'm fine with that, but something else. And then Michael's like, what is it, man? And he already had that look. And I looked at him dead in the eyes. And I just followed over to look at Brian. The problem is, is he beat me. And then Michael immediately, oh, I know, man. I was going to say something, but I don't know if you're going to be all burned about it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking burned, dude. He beat me. He beat me. He's like, yeah, dude, you suck. I was like, yeah, I guess I do. Trash. So I got third because I wanted to be a good friend. It's okay. I would have been like probably an hour behind you guys if I would have not died at all. Yeah. <laughs> No, you'd be you'd be surprised. You show up day of. Yeah. It's so hyped up. I mean, you look around the entire time. This is probably a bad story. Well, the three the four of us stayed together for the first like two, three miles. And then we're look, we're weaving and bobbing, trying to get stay up with the pacer, we're on track. And this lady, easily in her mid fifties. This is a bad story, man. In her mid fifties, maybe even later, overweight. Is wearing skin tight yoga pants that are skin toned, and I'm drunk. Uh, oh, you think she's um, running butt ass naked? So at first it caught my eye, right? I was like, "What the?" F-? And I'm like, "Look!" And I'm like, "Oh!" And I had my headphones in. I'm moving around. It's one of those things where I looked and I looked to see, yeah, was she naked? Like I know there's some freaking hippies out here, you know. And it, I caught my eye, but then when you look, she had started getting ass sweat right down her crack. In the entire time, it just, I couldn't pass her. No matter how many times I tried, dude, this lady just kept running faster than me. And I was like, what is going on? I'm like, oh, I get it. She's probably from Colorado or out here in Montana, you know, like here I am sipping air through a straw, you know, (laughs) like I can't breathe. And then I was like, how is she beating me? And then as soon as I got over that hill, I got that second wind. I was like, I'm not letting this lady beat me. But you have to think like she could do it, man. You could do it. I could, yeah, maybe, probably, but I'll, I'll probably pass on that. I don't know, was, maybe one day I may, I may get that motivation to go do something really cool like that, like physically challenging, especially in a place like Yellowstone, because, you know, I, we went there, like I said earlier, through the, we, we did the upper loop, did that whole tour. Um, we, yeah, we did, a, we actually had a guided tour. The dude that, uh, uh, Drove us around, super knowledgeable, learned a lot about it. One of the things I learned, basically, if you want something named after after you out there, you get to um, get lost and die. <laughs> <laughs> get lost and die in an area, and then they'll name it after you. But 
It is crazy how many people do die out there. Oh, even t- in today, yeah. today's day and age, a lot of people, and a lot of people are uh, fucking dumb. They want to go try and pet the bison. Yeah, so I might be one of those people. So let's be careful. <laughs> with- <laughs> go. Okay. Okay. You will still get trampled. I got pretty damn close, man. I was here to the wall right there from one. I got some great pictures. I'm jumping forward, so let's finish this part real quick. So okay. finish the race, all good things, and we decide let's go into the park. So we go in, and uh, we saw Old Faithful. I say Old Letdown. We show up, we're in the parking lot, and my youngest daughter had a dirty diaper. As soon as we show up, we, it, we circled this parking lot, man, for like 15 minutes. It's so crowded. So we finally found a spot. My wife goes, hey, I'm going to change your diaper. I'm like, all right, well, let's hurry. Let's hurry. What are they say? It's supposed to be going off like in the next 10, 15 minutes. And she's like, it's fine. It's right there. And as soon as I turn and look, they have all these like welcome centers, gift shops. And there's like, I think two hotels there. You can see Old Faithful in all of its glory, 150 feet in the air, spewing water everywhere. And I just turn and look at Lauren. I'm like, cool. She's like, well, you can still see it from the parking lot. That's like going to a concert and not going in, listening from the parking lot, you know? Like, what is this? So I'm like, well, I mean, it goes off like every hour, right? So finally, I'm all like, all right, let's get up there anyway. It's insane. There's thousands of people that gather around to see this geyser. So we get up there, and the guy's like, oh, what? An hour? No, it's every like 95 minutes, 100 minutes. So I'm like, well, let's kill some time. So we walk around. We go see all the gift shops, all that good stuff. Finally, I'm standing on this boardwalk area they have around it crowd starts to gather it's oh it's sputtering here it goes it's it's gonna explode it literally went like 40 feet in the air and i'm like okay okay this is like the precursor right it's gonna get good and then it like fizzled out and i turn and look and there's probably three thousand four thousand people gathered around they all start to leave where are they going <laughs> you know like it's gonna go off it's gonna get better it's gonna it's, get i good. swear and then this lady was like, hey, uh, that was it, man. Like, no, 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 it wasn't. She's like, no, that was it. And I look, and she's one of the rangers that works there. So like, oh, that was a huge letdown. So we end up leaving. On our drive out, we stop over on the side of the road, and there's a bison. So we get out. And we <laughs> Let's play a game. How close can we get? Oh, man. So luckily, uh, some people talk some sense into us. We didn't get too close. You, you almost became a statistic. <laughs> Well, the day before, we watched that video of that girl being trampled to death. Yeah. And so in your head, you're like, let's go pet it. Literally. Lesson learned, don't take selfies with bison, right? Right. She literally tried to get a selfie with this thing, and it trampled her to death. And still, I'm sorry, like you just watched that the day before, and you go see a bison, and you're like, I'm going to touch it. I mean, these things are bigger than Volkswagen bugs. And they're oh, everywhere. yeah, they're massive, and they're super strong, super, like, so much, like, what, two, 3,000 pounds? Yeah, they're everywhere. They're yeah. side of the road from me to you. You can walk right up to them. There's nothing Clog to the road, you know? walk yeah. over, all up in the yeah. road. They don't give a shit about cars or buses. They're bigger than them. Nope. That's crazy. So we all go back to the uh, the house, have fun that night. Wake up the next morning, like, let's go explore more Yellowstone. And it was raining. We woke up that morning, and it was pouring down rain. Oh shit, man! What do we do? Well, we're here. <laughs> we're not going to sit inside all day. Let's go back into Yellowstone. So we all loaded up. We drove into the park and get to the little welcome center. And there's a—it's like a line to get to Disney World. You know, they have like an overhanging 
toll booth area that has like 10 slots for cars to go into. We wait forever. We finally get up there and I think about this is probably a dumb question to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So I get up there. I'm like, hey, ma'am, have you seen any bear yet? Like, is there any reports on bears? We've seen almost everything else. And she goes, uh, actually, honey, uh, no, we haven't. And a second lady, a little ranger lady, was on the phone, puts the phone down, and goes, excuse me, sir, we don't have time to answer your question. So if you don't mind, how about you go to the park and find out for yourself? And I look at her, my mouth opened. I'm like, that bitch. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I got so mad. And I literally, like, I'm in awe, dude. Like, what? Is she for real rate? Oh, she was so serious. She was so serious. Seems a little unnecessary. I know. I was like, well, I mean, the, the first lady had already. She answered it. And she was yeah. nice. And I was like, I'm waiting for a punchline. Like, is this a joke? No, she's dead serious, man. And I was like, what a way to welcome someone to your park. So we go in. We we saw everything that day. We saw a wolf run across the road. We saw a bald eagle sitting up on this massive tree looking down on this field. And it was filled with elk. Uh, it was a good time, you know. Kids got out of control, so we had to start switching vehicles. The dads had to break up, to be with the kids, and blah, blah, blah. So we go up to the North Loop where you went, uh, Mammoth. Were you up there near Mammoth uh, Hot Springs? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I believe so. So that's where it's like a lot of the, the sulfur from the volcano that is Yellowstone seeps out and it's like calcified. It stinks, dude. And it looks yeah. like what the moon, I think, would look like. And more on that, I thought it was just so just the con so wild that this whole park is a fucking volcano. Not only a volcano, but the biggest volcano on Earth. Yeah. I, so I'm still learning all this stuff. The caldera is the opening to a volcano. Right. So think about like a volcano in Hawaii or Iceland, pretty small, maybe mm-hmm. 100 foot across, whatever. The caldera of Yellowstone is 50 miles across. That thing is a continent killer. It's a world killer. Oh, for sure. To the point of if it ever explodes, they think humanity, that's going to be the next massive mass extinction event. And to break that down even more, because I went down this rabbit hole, and it, like this is how you lose sleep at night. When Mount St. Helens erupted, they found ash in Oklahoma. Yeah. And that's Mount St. Helens. In Oregon, right? Yeah. It shot rock up 12 miles into the atmosphere. It's wild. <laughs> Think about Yellowstone. And like that's what, like one of those things people just don't realize the force of nature is can be so immense and so strong like stronger than anything humans have created including some nu- like nuclear weapons now I, I that was only because we we stopped at a certain level yeah, yeah, um, yeah. if we if the you know during the cold war if the, if the russians and us kept trying to up that ante when it comes to um our nuclear weapons i mean maybe we would have matched it but yeah the force of nature is just incredible it's so mind-blowing to think while you're driving around Yellowstone all of this exists inside of a volcano or on top of is it inside or on top of 
technically on. inside because it's in the opening of the the, the caldera, the opening. Oh. It's just that it's so packed, compacted, that it has caused river systems, foliage to grow. We built a park inside of it. And when you look around, you see it. You see the walls. And of this. the park is bigger than just fifty miles. Just bigger than oh, just the caldera. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because right, you drive out of it. Right. So when we um, when we went and we like like I said, we did the guided tour. Um, our our guide's name was Gypsy. He was awesome. Um, we drove. What a name! <laughs> right? Was he a gypsy? Uh, no. He's super cool, super knowledgeable. It was actually a, a lot of fun to drive two hundred and fifty miles with because we were learning the entire time. But we we took a 250 mile trip through Yellowstone, and he told us at the end of the trip, you during this whole process, you traveled roughly 250 miles. If you were to do this tour and the lower loop tour, you would still have only seen less than one percent of Yellowstone. Yellowstone Park is bigger than Connecticut and Delaware put together. Yes, and we don't even live in a big state. However, this national park is bigger than the state we live in. Mm-hmm. And everywhere you look, there's wildlife. There's a waterfall. There's a geyser. There's a hot spring. There's people pulled over on the side of the road to look at whatever else is out there. So we go and we visit the Mammoth Hot Springs. Elk. Monster elk. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, we drove all this way. All we really want to see, and all the guys agreed, we just want to see a bear. So we we stopped and ordered lunch up in Mammoth Hot Springs at some like cafe up there. And a guy was talking to us. He's like, actually, last night, a black bear came down into the camp here where all the elk are and got one of the calves and was eating it alive while everyone gathered around and watched it. A black bear, really? A black bear. Interesting. We purposely went up there because they have a greater chance of seeing a grizzly up there versus down south. Like, I want to see a grizzly. No, a black bear was here last night. Murked a calf. And all the campers gathered around to listen Just to, to this watch. Thing. <laughs> this thing's getting eaten alive. So we're all sitting there eating our lunch. We're like, well, what do we do? And they're like, all right. Well, hey, if you guys don't mind, we're, we're going to head back to the Airbnb. And uh, my wife and I are like, well, we're probably just going to drive around. So we were driving. I stopped on the side of the road. Because there's a freaking bison. So I get out and there's this giant like Astro van. I don't know how else to describe it. So it's not a 15 passenger van. It's the one that has like empty back for like put all your tools and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, would yeah. call it an Astro van. Anyway. Um, hip, uh, not like the Volkswagen hippie van, but like the 80s van that, or the creeper van, right? Yeah. Kind yeah. of, but even bigger than that. Okay. So anyway, I go walking up beside this van, and I'm using it as like a cover. And I'm like thinking in my mind, well, if this thing rushes me, I'm just going to roll under the van. That's my plan. So I literally walk up, get beside the driver door, or yeah, excuse me, the driver door. And I look at the guy, and I wave, and he's like, oh, you're crazy. And I turned and looked at him, and he had an Australian accent. And I was like, I'm crazy? He's like, you're crazy, mate. <laughs> I was like, why? He's like, that thing could kill you. I was like, my plan is I'm just going to roll under your van. And he goes, oh, no, this thing will flip the van. I was like, then it really wants to get a hold of me if that's the case. I mean, if you piss it off enough, I mean, honestly, for it to chase you in the first place, it's going to want to get a hold of you. Yeah. 
So yeah, it'll flip that van. But I was thinking, I mean, would it? I don't know. So anyway, I get probably like not even 15 feet from it. Take some cool pictures. Hop in the car. We're leaving. We're driving out. And it starts raining a little bit. Dang, here comes the rain again. And by the way, it had been raining off and on all day. So finally, there's like a clear 15 minutes of time. Beautiful. Sun comes out. It's gorgeous. And I look, and there's these two buffalo right on the side of the road again. But they're like fighting. Like, no way. That's pretty neat. So I get out. Babe, stay in the car. And I get my camera. And these, I watch these two buffalo fight. Just like bighorn sheep do. Like the rams, like butting heads. Or... Oh, so so do they? So they don't like they don't like lock like lock antlers or lock horns like horns. deer might. They're, so they fight more like sheep than like they butt heads. These were okay because I was wondering too. Like, are they going to fight like buck? You mm-hmm. know, just move their heads back and forth. But these two are like ramming into each other. That's okay, man. That's oh, that's a Think total of six thousand pounds running at each other. Or I guess three thousand pounds of each, each maybe running at yeah. each other. Fuck it. But it's not like rams where they back up and like rear up or anything they would just back up and just hit each other so i'm like man this is cool so i start taking pictures of it and i turn around about to walk away and I'm like what is that and there is a brown bear right on this field the edge of this field and there's this big dead tree and it was ripping this tree apart I'm like is that a bison <gasps> it's a bear so i start yelling lord get out get, come here come here so she jumps out we walk up to like this little overlook and there's this freaking brown bear. I zoom in. I get some great pictures. And then I'm like looking at him. That's not a grizzly. It's not. It is a brown black bear. Oh, so it was a black bear. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was like, because I knew, I know that every once in a while, like black bears can be, will be brown rather than all black. I've seen a blonde before. And right. I've even seen one that's like almost silver color. I wonder if I can text him and get a picture. I have a friend who shot one up in Washington. It was like a silver color. I want to get that picture for you. Because for me to say it, you know, like, that's not real. No, I totally believe it. It it was silver. That's wild. I was with uh, some people once in the woods, and we saw a group of three cubs together out in this open field. And I have a picture of it on one of my old phones. One black, one brown, one blonde. All three were different colors together. Were they grizzlies or were they black bears? Black bear. Black bears? Yeah. These are yeah. black bears up in Washington State. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's crazy to think all three were different colors. Huh. Like, what would cause that? Like, to have one, maybe, like a brown and then other black, but all three were different colors. Weird. That is weird. And I wonder what causes that. We'll have to do some research on that. Yeah. But we saw, um, when we went, we actually saw a bear. Um, so we went in October, and uh, it was late October. So um, some black bears had already kind of begun their hibernation as to where, in, but some, some of them were still out. But the grizzlies were in full hyperphagia mode. And for listeners that don't know what hyperphagia is, that is the period of basically feeding for bears where they just eat and eat and eat to prepare um, for their long hibernation. Um, So anyway, we actually got to see, um, well, for whatever reason, there was a black bear den that was 
down. Like, so like the road is kind of on a cliff almost like a sharp downslope. And then kind of bottoms out and comes back up. So it kind of creates a valley. And on the opposite end, on the upslope, there was a den kind of towards the bottom with the hole poking up, like facing the road. So our guide had a spotting scope and pointed it right down in the hole. And you see mama bear just passed out with her cubs in there. And you just look through the scope and you see her just sleeping. That was just like so cool to see him hibernating. Well, then a little bit later, we kept seeing more like of active bear sign. And um, on like some of the places we went and that's where like um, Gypsy was kind of explaining like, yeah, you know, the grizzlies are still in hyperphagia. Well, we had just hit a turnaround point and we're coming back and we see a park ranger parked in the middle of the road with his lights on. We're like, huh, that's kind of weird. And then I notice that he's kind of looking up because like, so we're coming, you know, we're coming, we're on the right side of the road and the mountain goes up on our right side. And I see him looking up that mountain and I'm like, he, he, he sees something. Right. And our guide stops like, Hey, what's going on? What are you, what are you doing? He's like, no, don't, don't worry. You know, everything's fine. Just keep, keep moving, keep moving. Well, right as we pass him, somebody else in our group looks up and notices and, and just shouts grizzly. Right. And our guide slams on the brakes because <laughs> he wants to see this thing too. Like he, yeah, he of course. and he wants to get out. He wants us to see one too. And so it was, it's funny, just like just like in the movies, everybody just flocks to that side of the bus, you know, noses on windows looking for this thing. I got to see it for about five seconds, this big grizzly bear. And that's what that park ranger was doing, was watching that bear and making sure that nobody got close to it. Well, once he saw we parked, he I think he must have shot, he shot it with something, whether it was a beanbag gun or something, but because you know how you know how like when you watch videos of people hunting and you see somebody shoot it, you see like that's the spot that gets hit, like ripple in their skin ripple. I saw that happen. So I see I see that I see it that happened to the side of the bear and the bear takes off. So basically he hazed it away. But so I got to see it for five seconds. Not long enough for a picture or anything, but man, that was cool. When I was on my run, that's the the entire time that's all I'm thinking about. I was gonna ask you about that. So did you carry bear spray with you at all or I didn't carry anything? I thought about and some people did or some people felt like bells on their shoes but right. 2000 people you know like that was the other thing like i would think if you have enough people it's going to keep them away and not only that along the run they had rangers mm-hmm. staged at certain points where there wasn't an aid station for like three miles four miles maybe there was two times where there was a gap of i think three miles so they would have a ranger somewhere in the middle and i asked one of them i just came off the mountain it like plateaued out and we followed a river for a while and he was around the corner making sure everyone went left, not right. And so I ran by him and I was like, yeah, any bears yet? And he goes, only this morning. Like I looked at him, he's like, no, seriously, but they're out of here now. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We're lucky here that we don't have to deal with that. No, for real. Um, when, you know, same trip to, to Montana, you know, we, when we went to Yellowstone, we did a uh, fly fishing, an eight-hour eight float trip fly fishing which by the way was amazing but we we're our guide um he is what they call an implant he's not originally from montana but he moved there because he just loves the outdoors um and he's a fly fishing guide now what a so, life no kidding right um so anyway we were uh you know fishing i was asking him about hunting everything about how like elk hunting things like that because obviously i'm naturally curious because we hunt over here i the one of my bucket list dream items is to 
elk hunt and kill a big, a nice big bull elk. So he, um, and then the conversation naturally led to bear encounters. And he was saying how that's always, always in the back of his mind. I mean, how can it not be? And like, there was, there'll be times when he can smell the bear. He, it's like, he knows there's a bear in the area. He knows it's close and he can smell a grizzly. And I'm like, man, that's gotta be so fucking nerve wracking to know that there's a bear somewhere near me and I can't see it, but it fucking knows I'm here. It knows where I'm at. So I just Googled this real quick to make sure that this story is accurate. And it is when I was young, I was in the boy Scouts for a little bit. And one summer we went up to Alaska. So from Florida, we flew all the way to Alaska Anchorage to go have fun. That'd be awesome. I'd love to go to Alaska. Amazing. Unreal that we have that. And it's still, I think a hidden secret. It literally is the last frontier. So anyway, we're young and I can't believe like even my mom agreed to this, but literally like four dads took, I think there's like 15 or 16 of us kids up there. We're young and we were up there for a week and a half. So yeah, I think a week and a half and we did everything. We did whitewater rafting, halibut fishing, salmon fishing, mountain biking. Uh, we went and saw the glaciers, went and hiked on a glacier. Crazy. I'm like we're kids. We're in sixth grade, I think. So when we get up there, we stayed at this lady's house first. It's super nice to let us, all of us stay in her house in a gorgeous house, a mansion up on this mountain. And we woke up the, the next morning. We all stayed downstairs. And she had like the lime green carpet downstairs. It's something straight out of the 70s. And I was up pretty early. I couldn't sleep. And I get upstairs. And as soon as you, it's like a split level home. As soon as you go up the stairs, white carpet, stone fireplace, all glass windows overlooking the mountain, a doll sheep on the wall, just stuff like that. And you're like, man, this is amazing. And so I started talking to her while she was cooking us all breakfast. And I was like, is there any uh, bear attacks up here? You know, like. I'm from Florida. We have black bear. You just never see them. I've seen two my entire life. Yeah. Just last month, a guy was killed with his girlfriend. What? Yeah, he was camping with his girlfriend, and this grizzly killed him. And they showed up, the authorities, to find him, and they shot the bear with their pistol. And all it did was make it mad. Didn't do anything because it was a nine mil. So it took like I think three rounds from a thirty out six to put this thing down. I was like, "This is a made up story." No, it was the freaking Grizzly Man. If you've ever seen that documentary, Grizzly Man, great freaking documentary, by the way. It was him, him and his girlfriend go camping and they get eaten by a freaking bear, and it's all recorded, by the way. They would have had a freaking video camera and they hit play. They're getting eaten alive, and it just sits in the tent. And you hear it all. Think about the size of that bear. Mm. And I think they, I might have the numbers wrong here, so we might want to look that up too, so I'm not a liar. But I'm pretty sure it's Paul Span with 16 inches across. Man, that is a, that's just such a large animal. And like you, I've seen documentaries where they, uh, they were trying to like test the strength of these bears and they would put like fill up like one of those big garbage cans, you know, that you see out the back of a restaurant or something, fill it up with just a mu- bunch of weight, put food underneath it, and the bear just walks over to it and just one paw, like, just moves it. Oh, no, 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 no. Watch this video. I've literally been waiting to show you this now since we started talking about bear. I just saw oh, it today. Okay. Nature is metal. If you do not follow oh, nature this. nature is fucking metal. <laughs> um, if you don't follow this Instagram page, nature is metal, you're, you're crazy. So in real time, I want to just see your reaction. Okay. Click on that top middle video that's blacked out. Oh, the one that's like viewer discretion advised. You'll see why. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that is a full grown black bear. I think it's a boar who is very hungry, and that is a full grown cow. That's a full grown cow? I'm pretty sure. Look at the size of that thing. That's not a calf. He grabs it by its neck and just drags it away like it's nothing. Look, that thing is ripped apart. Instead of filming that, could you just imagine just standing there watching that? Oh, man. I wish I was recording you right now, watching your mouth open. You're just in <laughs> It's awe. weird that something's what you're fascinated with is my mouth being open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm fascinated with your reaction to seeing a cow ripped in half. You're by gonna, a bear. Okay, you're gonna have to like screen record this and post it and be like, okay, how big do you guys think this cow is? Because I don't think it's full grown, but I also don't think it's a baby. I think see. it's kind of like in that middle see. phase of, like, I don't know, teenager. I don't know, uh, full grown to being a baby. But that's still. I mean, so put it animal. this way. Put it this way. That bear is all of 300, 400 pounds, right? Oh, facts. Maybe even bigger. That's a big black bear, man. That is a and, very big black bear. And that calf is. I said calf. That that cow's the same size. Well, yeah, yeah it's, but it's cows are hanging but out. Cows, man, cows are heavy. They're like a thousand yeah, pounds. That's fair. Yeah, even yeah. the baby, even the babies are a few hundred pounds. That's what I'm getting. That's why I'm. Like, that's what I'm getting at. But that's at still that a, thing. But it, but it, it drags it off like it's nothing. Look at it roll it around. Look at its eyes. No, like that's it. Over the hill, and the farmer's just Dude, recording it. Well, easily. Look at this. Look at this. He just rolls it over. He owns that freaking cow, and its guts are all hanging out. He just drags it away. Look at that. With just its mouth dragging away a 400-pound animal. Dude, bears. Oh, bears are terrifying. Um, Nature's metal. So the so when we found that, uh, or we didn't find, he showed us that um, black bear den where they were hibernating. Um, he was telling us how it is likely that a grizzly bear will come across that den and since it's already made claim it and kill the black bears that are in it or like i if if the black bears don't move that they will kill that that the grizzly will kill the black bears and take the den for themselves which it's just like again like it, it one on one end it's like man that's really sad to think about but it's like holy shit like it kind of puts into perspective just like nature does not fucking care it is whoever is the biggest and whoever is the strongest is going to survive i guess you could say it's a berry bear world <laughs> very scary <laughs> i watched the show of this canadian guy who was in charge of tracking uh and documenting tracked bears during hibernation so they're all collared this guy man dug into these dens in the middle of wintertime, snowshoeing in while the freaking mom is sleeping, raising her cubs and the cubs are awake looking around like what's going on. And this guy would reach in and grab the cubs like they're freaking shit zoos. <laughs> Just grab by their neck and pull them out. They're all screaming and the mom's sleeping. The mom starts to wake up and he literally pulls them out, weighs them. Oh, this is number two. Oh, he's pretty healthy. Oh, this one's malnourished. Look, he must not be getting the nipple and just, documented everything and finally the mom wakes up this freaking mom in this small ass den wide awake now get trying to get him to go away making every noise possible pawing at the ground and this guy just crawls right in reaches around her and grabs another cub I'm like what the fuck <laughs> dude he's like oh she's a little upset we'll put this one back she's a little upset 
But he was saying, like, because she's hibernating right now, she's so messed up. She's not going to attack me. Oh, she's probably super groggy. Yeah, man. Could you imagine? Probably, she can probably barely see straight. Have you ever? So, have you ever slept for like an abnormally long time? Yeah, it was called high school, college. <laughs> <laughs> Go to bed at like 11, 30, 12 on a good night. You wake up at like 10, 30, 11 the next day. That's 12 hours. I'm talking about like a lot. Like, that's. To me, that's not abnormally long. That's a long time, but twelve hours. Well, I mean, back in yeah, those days that you're talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah. But anyway, like when you wake up, man, you feel super groggy. So I remember one. You're time, tired. Oh yeah, you, you it, wake it, up tired. Some so this one time, I don't know how much I believe what they were telling me, but apparently, this is according to them. I'm calling kind of bullshit. I think. Who is them? Um, my instructor at the time. Okay. We're on a mission. And we were going to be in this deployed area for a little bit longer than what we would have liked. Nothing to do because airplane, you know, airplane's not leaving soon. So apparently they said that I slept for almost 24 hours. I'm calling bullshit. I think they're exaggerating. It was probably more like I, I believe 15, 16 hours because like well, any, it, the only reason I believe it is because when I woke up for like the next hour of like just walking around, I could not see straight. I was super dizzy. I was almost seeing double. I couldn't like it, it just everything just felt way off. So I knew I slept abnormally long. I don't know if it was 24 hours though. That's a long time. That's a long time. <laughs> Even 18 hours. Absolutely long I time. wish I had 18 hours right now to do something. Like, what would I do with 18 hours to think you could yeah. just sleep through that? I don't know how I did it. I don't know why I did yeah. it. I mean, it's not like I had a super hard day the day before. But, yeah. Um, but So, like, I, I tell that story to say kind of like I could totally see where this mama, this mom, mama bear has probably been asleep for days. And then now kind of just suddenly wakes up suddenly and is super groggy. I could totally understand that. Have you ever slept in a room that has no windows? Yes. That is some great sleep. No light to tell you it's time to wake up. Yeah. Or just like a blacked out room. Even if it has a window, but like the window's blacked out. Like a proper blacked out window. Yeah. Because some of these curtains are like, oh, these are blacked out, but like the sun still comes in from the top or the bottom of it. Well, there's one of the places um, that we stay in the middle or, you know, I still currently stay in the Middle East. Um, the trailers that we would sleep in if we had to stay, it, it had windows, but they put like tin foil over the windows and they put like the, a whole bunch. They just put a whole bunch of stuff over it and covered it. And then plus curtains and it just completely blacks out the room. So you have no indication of and that's just so that way we can caress properly. We were doing a red flag. We got tasked to go up north to some areas that uh, can't have anything. Mm-hmm. So we can't take anything. In fact, they're very restricted to where you can go in this training area. So as soon as you get through the opening checkpoint, our building is right there on the right. Literally, you could probably throw a football and hit it. So, hey, your limits to this building. So we used it. It's a big old freaking aluminum-sided shed, if you will. But it's, it's huge. 
I'm talking it's probably 40 yards wide by 50 yards, 60 yards long, but they've converted it into like a, a home if you, you know, with bathrooms and all that stuff. There's no windows. You get some great sleep when there's no windows. Yeah, when everything's like just completely dark and blacked out. As long as you're not like terrified of the dark, you get some pretty solid sleep. The first night we were there, we just sat on the little front stoop and we're watching them drop live munitions off in the distance. So when there's no light pollution, you can just watch that go forever. So you see, you hear the, the aircraft flying over and they would drop something and you'd watch the ripple, the shockwave through the desert. It's pretty cool that you're like, what is that? And you see the, the flash. You're like, what is that? And we found a piece of together. We didn't know that this was happening. And we only knew because we were inside and the building started shaking. Like, what's going on? Is it windy? We were like, no, I just went outside. There's no wind. We go out and you'd watch and they would drop munitions. And the shockwave would go through the desert. You'd see literally like the fresh dust of the desert move in a wave. And all of a sudden it hits the side of the building. The whole building would shake very gently though, but pretty far off. Right. So we're like. Not so gently when you're a lot closer. <laughs> yeah, right. So we watched it and we thought it was cool. We watched it for a couple hours. We all go to sleep and you don't know what time it is. It's a blacked out room. You don't know if the sun's up or down. You just don't know. And we were all awoke and awoken. We all woke up to the sound of a boom and the whole building shook. We had ceiling tiles fall out of the ceiling and we're all in these like bunks. What the, what is that? What is that? And everyone, they dropped it in the wrong place. Like, what is going on? And we run out. Middle of the freaking day. It's already noon. We all slept in. And what it was was a B-1 had broke the sound barrier over top of the building. We just watched this B-1 fly away. We're like, what is going on? It just shook the whole building, man. Ceiling tiles literally fell out of the ceiling. We're like, that is crazy. And just they're out there flying, having fun. Well, that's just the shockwave breaking the sound barrier. Yeah. It's wild. It's pretty cool. I like watching, I like watching them ride the sound barrier when they have like the, the plume of smoke kind of it looks like you can see like or the cone. The vapes. Right behind the jets. Literally breaking the sound barrier. Yeah. That's really cool. I just watched this video of an F-16. I think they were doing Mach 2.1. I forget. I, I wish I had the video because it's so crazy to hear the distance that they covered as fast as they did. And the guy in the backseat on the incentive ride was like, are we breaking the sound barrier right now? And like, is it like, like, is it like a, a, like a boom? He's like, no, bro. It's a continuous boom just over everyone right now. Like, just think you're in front of it. That's crazy. Well, yeah, because if you're breaking the sound barrier, like, you wouldn't hear it. No, no, yeah, yeah, you're in front of it. You're in front of it. You're going faster than sound, so. But it's just crazy to think it's not just a boom. It's a continuous boom just moving across. Pretty cool. Actually, have you heard that video of the SR-71 doing comm check and asking for ground speed? <laughs> yes, the, it's the, uh, <laughs> it's the uh, SR-71. Uh, no, the LA speed story is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's a pretty cool story. Cessna November one one ground speed check, and they're like we have you at one hundred thirty five knots. <laughs> F eighteen ground speed check, we have you at six sixty. Like, uh, what's our ground speed? Like one thousand nine hundred ninety five. He's like, I got a little closer to two, but thank you. <laughs> so crazy, man! Such two. a crazy concept. And could you imagine having to like having to? Yeah, you know, they probably didn't even have this, but like ejecting at that speed, it probably wasn't even an option. Honestly. Do you know the fastest ejection ever? I know this. Yes, I do. I, I don't remember the actual speed, but I know what story you're talking about. Mach, it was six six hundred and eighty miles an hour, so just shy, just shy of Mach. What, what is Mach like seven twenty? Dude's face got broken. Captain Brian Udell. Yeah, he survived. the The backseater was killed. 
but yeah. they were out of Seymour Johnson. It was a night mission, and they had to eject. When he ejected, immediately knocked him out. It fused his flight suit zipper together. Think like it tore the patches off his uniform. Think about just when tearing Velcro off your uniform. Infusing. It fused his boot laces to his boots. That's between between that and Top Gun. I'm learning it does not pay to be the backseater in these aircraft. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goose. R.I.P. My man. Too too uh, too soon, man. You know. Kind of a fucked up joke to make, but <laughs> it is crazy though. Think of the flailing injuries upon eject. Canopy mm-hmm. blows off. You leave. If your arms, your your legs are fucked. Like that, that's happening. You can't put them anywhere. But if your arms aren't tucked in and they get out the side and catch the windstream versus staying center mass of your body, think about that snapping against your seat. The wind ripping your limbs literally apart. And the whole story goes that. His LPUs, the flotation, since they were in the Atlantic, shredded. Upon him ejecting, they just freaking shredded. Oh, yeah. He finally wakes up under canopy and goes, oh, shoot, I don't have my flotation. I'm going to die. So he literally looked down, and you have your one-man life raft attached to you. So thinking outside the box, he grabbed the lanyard and would put it in his mouth, and one freaking mouth pull at a time would pull the life raft up to him. And he held on to it with his only good arm. His other one was dislocated. He held on to that life raft, and that's when he hit the water. It took him like 45, 50 minutes to get into the life raft because both of his legs were broken. Oh, yeah. And they're like, you, you should have died that night. With one arm pulled his whole body into a life raft. And for for people who might not know, LPUs are the uh, life vests that they use. Um, basically, it's their version of the life vest. But, yeah, I mean, you, I commented on that story that I sent you from outdoor life talking about the guy that fell off the fishing boat in shred water for what, what was it? 14 hours. Was it 14? I yeah, it was yeah, 14. yeah. I think it was 14, but like, I'd like the will to, to survive and you, and I've heard you talk about this in some of your classes is just having the will to survive and just the, just w- the want to. And it's everything. Yeah. I want to get home. Mm-hmm. I want to see my family. Yeah. I just want to live. And that's, I mean, that's a big portion of survival in itself is like, because I mean, you watch that alone show and love it. Oh yeah. I love it. I just finished. I'm, I'm finishing up season eight right now. And that's um, the latest one, right? Right. Oh, I don't, so. I, don't start. I only saw the the one, the first guy quit. No, I, I'm not going to yeah, get into details of that yeah, yeah. season, but no, yeah, just yeah. like in general, you see these people that now they're in a, they're in a little bit more of a controlled environment, right? Like, yes, they're out in about as wild territory as you can get, but you know, they got that satellite phone they can call if they have to, but the will to keep going because they're completely by themselves and people tap out because either they're lonely, they miss their family. These guys, like these people in the scenarios that we're talking about don't have that. They don't have that satellite phone to call somebody. They just have to keep believing. And, you know, you talk about, you know, I've heard again, you talk about things like, you know, just your belief in whatever it is, right? Whether it be spiritual, whether it be in whoever you think may be coming to pick you up, or whatever it is uh, that keeps you going. How far would you go to survive? Right. Oh, Matthew. Oh, a legit question? Yeah. How far would you go? It depends on the scenario. I mean I, 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 I mean, I would, so I've never legit, obviously never legit been put in that situation, but I would like to think as far as I, as far as I have to, 
but you don't but I don't feel like that's something you would know until you experience that. That's yeah. But how about because this? I, I feel like you could pull every single person like just straight up like at be really serious about it, but like how far would you go to survive? And if every I don't think there's anybody that would say that, oh no, this would be my I I, I just quit. They they would most people would probably say, like, no, as far as I as far as I have to. There's a story of the Mexican shark fishermen. There was five of them who were in a boat. They went shark fishing. Their engine died. They drifted out out into the ocean. There was five of them to begin when they were found. I think it's like nine months later, if I have the story correct. They were on the western side of Australia. So they drifted from Mexico across the Pacific around Australia into the Indian Ocean. Nine months. When they recovered them, only three of them lived. And they said that the other two wouldn't adapt to eating raw sea turtle or drinking blood or doing any of that stuff. In which I'm a realist. I call bullshit. I'm sure they ate those guys. How would you not? I, that, so, I think there goes to that question. How far would you go? Now you know why I baited you into this. Yeah. How far would you go? Would you eat a human? Because this, I was thinking about this the other day when I was fishing. It's so funny that we freak out at the idea of cannibalism, but yet it surrounds us every single day, and we don't even bat an eye at it. In in nature. Yeah. Every day in Mother Nature, an ant is eating an ant. A fish is eating a fish. A bird is killing a bird. Bears eating bears. Every day. But when we say humans do it, no, that's where we draw the line. So how far would you go? Would you eat a human? I think it would depend on the human. So it's kind of like twofolds. The first one is would you kill a human and eat them, or would you already eat the dead? The reason why I bring this up is Miracle in the Andes. So before you bring the story up, I would like to answer your two questions. Again, this is depend if 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 I'm in that scenario where it's just if it's just like So maybe five random dudes. Maybe this I, will I, help you. I, I don't think I would kill somebody unless they were attacking me to eat just solely to eat them. Yeah. However, if they were already dead and I absolutely, and I am like, and I needed, and I needed to, yeah, I would probably eat them. So miracle in the Andes. It's the Uruguay rugby team. They were on a funny enough. The name of the plane is called a Fairchild. They're flying through the Andes. Uh, they went too low, I believe. And they ended up crashing into the Andes. Great book. They, I think it was like 87 days total, but when they crashed, obviously people had were killed on impact. Some slowly died along the way. Some of them literally just gave up hope. I think there was like two of them that were in a hammock that had some injuries, but nothing like life-threatening, they said. And they literally just laid in there in a hammock and was like, what is the point of all this? We're just going to die anyway. And they literally died within like two or three days. They literally lost their hope, lost their faith. So now you literally have a flooded field of bodies. They're in the middle of a mountain range with no resources except for ice, snow, uh, they had some of the like cart items from the plane in, I think, I forget his name. I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong, but I think it's like Poncho, I think is the main character, one of them. And they were sitting there and they're surrounded by dead bodies and it had been like a couple weeks. And he looked over and looking at this dead body, I believe it was like an open wound of the leg. He looked at it and went, if you don't look at the rest of the body, that looks just like a chunk of meat you'd order. So he approached the rest of the people sitting around outside of the plane and literally was like, hey, hear me out. Just hear me out on this idea. 
you're gonna think I'm crazy, and everyone's like, "No, we're all thinking the same thing, man." I'm glad you said it first, though. And they literally ate the dead. And in the book, there's pictures of it. And one of the famous pictures is they're sitting outside of the fuselage against the plane, and you see just like a rib cage of another human, just completely picked clean, and they're all just sitting around smiling. And so, the end of the story, spoiler alert: the ones that did survive, think about how fucked up they are. Oh, yeah, that was something else I was going to mention. Like, I'm going to be fucked up afterwards mentally. So you know what they had to do? What? I literally think, if once again, it's been years since I've read the book, they had to get the Pope involved, and he had to bless them and tell them, you eat the body of Christ. What you did is the will to survive. That was God's will for you to survive. Because they're all like, we're going to hell. We just did cannibalism. They literally had to get the Pope involved. And they survived. And it's an insane story, man. The three of them that walked out, they literally took a sock and just filled it with human meat that they were running out. They're all dying. And they literally walked out over the Andes to find a guy. And he was like, where the He's out walking his alpacas. I'm like, where the hell are you from? And they're like, we came from the mountain. There's a plane crash. There's still people up there. And he went, okay, you guys are crazy. And they're like, no, help us. So they went and flew a helicopter and looked and they got lost. And they were literally like, I swear it's here. And then finally, they flew over the crash site and found everyone. Insane story, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, in that scenario... I, I would love to talk to one of them. Option. I would love to talk to one of them, right? But would, would, you, would you offer him like a snack beforehand? <laughs> He's like, hey, you want some uh, beef jerky before we get started? You want some peanuts? Um, that might be a dick thing to do, but I don't know. Well, no, no, but that's how you open it up, right? <laughs> You're like, All right, so hey, uh, by the way, I mean, so how does it taste? <laughs> So funny you mentioned that. I was watching uh, River Monsters one time, and he was going after this fish that um, was called the Paku. Um, if you don't know what this is, it's a kind of it, it's uh, mainly a veg- it's it's a vegetarian fish. But the story that brought him there to figure out what this fish was was somebody had their dick bit off by a fish. And so he's investigating and he's asking this tribe of former cannibals or, uh, you know, still probably practice a little bit of it. Um, like, you know, Hey, what meat tastes most like human flesh? And they told him uh, pork, believe it or not, pork apparently tastes the most like human flesh. Cause that's what he was, that whatever meat that was, he wanted to use that to try and catch the fish. And then he caught this pacu, which, surprised him because he up until then he had thought it was only vegetarian a vegetarian fish and then learned that this was actually the fish because it's got teeth it's got like human yeah. teeth yeah. this is actually the fish that uh castrated this dude <laughs> i had to look it up by the way that's what i did real quick so ponchito was this one of the characters name but the main character is nando so i wanted to correct that but uh this reminds me of a movie i hate quoting movies but there's so many good ones did you ever see that Adam Sandler movie? Uh, even though he's not in it, oh my God, what's the name of it? Like the, the outdoors or something? It's where they have their own like wildlife show. They and then the show goes under. They're about to be bought out and they go bankrupt, so they have to go find Sasquatch to save the show. I don't think I ever. Bro, saw that. you've got it's so dumb. It's such a good movie. They literally the movie has no ending. They all just start like they all break character and like all right, we're done filming a stupid movie, and that's how it ends. It's such a good movie. So they literally go find Sasquatch, you know, and that's how they think they're going to save their nature show, thinking they're all Steve Irwin, and then no kid wants to watch that anymore. They want drama. So at one point, they go to this, like, pond, and a guy falls in, and they all start, 
like freaking out. They're like, get out, there's piranhas. He's like, I don't think there's piranhas. And he gets eaten alive by the piranhas. So they're all starving. So they start catching the piranhas and they're eating them. So they're all around a campfire at night and they're all eating the piranhas and they're all angry. Yep. Fuck you, piranha, for eating, you know, dick. And they're all like eating these piranhas. And a guy goes, wait, 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 hear me out. The piranhas ate dick. And they're like, yeah. And they all get amped up again. Yeah, stupid piranhas. He's like, no, 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 everyone, hold on, calm down, calm down. The piranhas ate dick. We're eating the piranhas. So are we eating dick? <laughs> and they're all like vomiting now. Oh! <laughs> it's so stupid, man. But man, it's such a funny movie. I wish I knew the name of it. I don't think I've ever even, I don't know, maybe if you told me the name, but I don't think I've ever even heard of it. Uh, I it's like I the same you're... cast from Grandma's Boy. Oh, uh, I don't yeah. know. Anyway. I'm trying to think, but no, I can't think of anything right now. I would ask him what tasted the best. The oh, leg. Shit. What the, part? The bicep. You got to think, if all they had left was skeletons, they ate some dick and balls too, probably. The bones probably ate the marrow. Yeah. I think out of respect, if I remember correctly, Nando being the main character, they just didn't eat his mom or his sister out of respect, but they ate everyone else. Right, that's the thing. So that's what I was saying. Like It depends on who the person was. Like If it's Megan or my brothers or my yeah, brother, right. like, <laughs> I, I, like I honestly think I would rather, I don't, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could, I don't know if I could do that. But what's so crazy is human emotion. Because have you seen those documentaries where like polar bears cannibalize their own? And in fact, they think sometimes they purposely get pregnant to eat them because it's a food source. Mm-hmm. And again, that's one of the things like technically in the grand scheme of the entire world, our species is weird. Because human emotion in that in that scenario, right? Human emotion would kill me. Refuse to eat your brother out of respect for your dead brother, so you die of starvation. <laughs> and that, and that's, the irony. If, if that were to happen, yes, if that were to happen, human emotion would be the death of me. Technically, for you. Right. Would your brother eat you? Uh, Casey, send me a text after you <laughs> or Preston, send me a text and let me know. I'm surprised uh, my brother hasn't tried to kill me and eat me already. Oh, we we tried killing our each other plenty of times growing up. <laughs> but not because we're trying to eat each other or anything, but you know, you know how it is with brothers. Um, actually it's funny. So, uh, when my dad, uh, moved in with, uh, you know, my, my stepmom right now, Heather, um, she had never had any kids and I was obviously, I'm already out of the house and Casey and Preston, Casey's the middle Preston's the youngest. I'm the oldest. Um, we're in the back room and as brothers do, we're fighting and all you hear from the back room is just just thumping. Somebody's getting the shit kicked out of them. And my dad just sitting there watching TV, not paying any attention. And Heather is like looking back there, like, uh, Aaron, shouldn't we do something? Like, what? And he's just like, no, nah, they're fine. Let them figure it out. <laughs> like, nope, they're fine. They're good. There's a pecking order. They're figuring it out, right? Yep. <laughs> and it's just like something that, like, when you grow up with it and you're around it all the time, you just kind of get numb to it. Um, but when somebody's brand new, not experienced in that or whatever, you're just like, what the fuck? It is crazy though, how you walk a fine line of like just playing around 
to someone gets a little too serious gets a little mad gets taken too personally next thing you know that just messing around you know choking someone you know or you know slapped them or whatever it is turns into like they're actually pissed they're seeing red and now you got to fight on your hands yeah and that, I mean that uh, that obviously that's happened because we would just wrestle for fun growing up that's what boys do and then you know somebody something happens and then one person gets pissed and escalates it and then the other person escalates it a little bit more and then you have yeah like a full blown fight on your hands you know what pancreas is or pancreas I uh, can't. I don't think so. We've done it a few times. So you'll be rolling. You'll be on the mat. Yeah. And you're allowed to slap each other. So like, really? I'm. If I have you, like, it doesn't matter. I pull you into my guard or I'll mount whatever it is. That if you're not protecting yourself and I'm in a good position to do it, or not, it doesn't matter. Just see what you can get away with. You're so focused on grabbing my collar that you leave your right side of your face open. I'm gonna just go ahead and. Give you a little smack. Absolutely. Make you like because as good as as good of practice as just like rolling and BJJ and everything like that, as good as practice as that is, you do forget about that aspect, that other aspect of it. Because when you're doing BJJ, you're trying to follow as like a certain set of rules or whatever your whatever whatever your martial art is. You're following a certain set of rules and you're not thinking about the other aspects of it if you're doing karate right you're defend only defending against strikes you're not s- putting yourself in a stance to defend against a takedown in the, like at the same time right and same thing with bjj if you're doing jujitsu and you're just grappling you're not thinking about a fucking right hand coming across your face i think that's why i love mma so much because when it changed the game so instead of us just messing around rolling out rolling around on the ground we both agreed go 50 percent we agreed so we can now slap each other good. So now we are rolling around. I pull you in a guard. I'm trying to work on your collar. You pull back. You're exposed. I slap you. Then you learn, oh shit, I still have to protect my face. There's a different side to this. It's not just rolling around for submissions. It's he's still slapping me. He's still punching me. You do, do you do that with your current set of guys? or I've offered it up. No one's, uh, Only Paul's the only one that I've actually I was about to, with. I was, I was say Paul would probably do that. I I actually might do that with you next time I come over because no because I mean and I learned this when I was sparring with actually with uh, Rocky um, I was so focused on striking I completely forgot to defend against a takedown and he actually got a takedown on me eventually because I just wasn't worried about it so like yeah. when you if you practice against every with everything then when it's really happening. You kind of, you know, that's how you play thing. It's so funny that the past few months, how many times Paul has come to me, man, you got to roll. I'm like, man, I'm so busy right now. Unfortunately, I have so much stupid shit that I'm doing. I promise, man, I'll get in there one day. And so the other day I walk in, you were there and I was like, damn it. Yeah, I'm going to roll. And I purposely was doing that because I wanted to like show my two new guys that they're next, by the way. Um, the one I'm going to, we're going to roll soon and I'm going to make sure he knows. So, uh, I, you and I were rolling around and like you said, it's practice and I haven't rolled in months to be honest. It's been months. And yet you're like, no gi. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> you know, cause I just wanted to choke you, you know? So it's like, all right, <laughs> sure. I guess we'll go a different way. So, yeah. uh, no gi. So I was like, all right, cool. So I still chose the first one. Uh, yeah. I, I took Very you back fast. very yeah. quick. 
Sorry. I no. I I was not ready for it. It's all good because you couldn't see it, but when I was on your back, I was staring at the one guy. The whole, like very psychotic, probably. But mm-hmm. I'm very upset with something that happened last week at work, and it's so dumb. I'm literally take a day of leave, and on my way, I heard about it. You told yeah. me. We don't got to get into it. Oh here. no, no, no. I, but that's what I'm saying. On my way back to go take care of the situation, I'm thinking like, what's the right way to do this? So I think I did it tactfully, and uh, maybe looking back, you know, probably, probably should probably should have maybe changed this one thing but anyway so i was like well you know what now i'm gonna like make sure he knows like don't fuck around man so when i was choking you i just looked at him and i was letting him know i was about to say you're next by the way but if you noticed when i offered up who's next did he volunteer no and it's not even like i was being mean or being an asshole i'm just like trying to show him like bro this is not your realm this is not your work center you're here by bad choices brought you here unfortunately right so you're not going to come here and fuck around either. But then the uh, Paul showed him that picture of me with Rocky. <laughs> that is one of my favorite pictures. You just you've got them <laughs> for so for everybody that hasn't seen this picture, which is probably most people. Uh, Derek has this dude. He's choking this man out with his uniform top wrapped around his face, and he's choking him with his with his top. With his blouse, he, I had him. I had his back, and he rolled to his side. So I went ahead and stayed him mount on the side. So I like pinched him with my leg, so he couldn't roll anyway. Now, so he's uh, up and down, side to side, if you will. And so from there, when I had his top wrapped around his neck, <laughs> I didn't realize how much like I was just going for his neck. I didn't realize the whole uniform wrapped around his face, completely wrapped around his face. It was like he was wearing a mask, like a plastic bag. He was breathing through his uniform, like he couldn't see. It was completely covering his entire head, wrapped around. It was almost like he was covered around his entire head, like it was saran wrapped. And then he had his sleeves wrapped around his neck. <laughs> a camo plastic bag, man. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it looked like. And he he was a great sport about it. He's like, no, dude, that was awesome. <laughs> he got up. I mean, after he. Uh, was able to breathe again, but but that's why, like looking back, I was like, I was just messing around. Next thing I know, I trapped both of his arms around his own neck, and so I was choking him. He couldn't tap because his arms were caught. So I'm literally holding on with my my legs with one arm, holding on to like his lapel, if you will, and then my other arm. I was just like smacking him in the back of the head, laughing, and I realized, like, dude, am I a dick? That was a little. <laughs> that, that one was kind of a dick move. That was, no, I. I well, if you I can't judge, stand I, the heat, get out of the kitchen. I mean, yes. If you can't but stand the heat, the same, at the same time, I kind of measure a dick move. Was like, okay, how like how much of that was? <laughs> I mean, obviously, not everything is necessary, and it's still like even if you do something that's not completely necessary, it might not be a dick move. But I think to that extent, that might have been a little bit of one. But what did he do from that? Oh, he kept working. He got better. Well, because he realized how vulnerable he was. So he went home on leave. His brother, I think, is a purple belt. And while he was home for a week, his brother showed him some things. And he came back, re-engaged, and said, let's go again. And I'm thinking, good for you, man. Yeah, don't give up. Keep going. Learn. Get better. Keep trying. I freaking dominated you to the point of you could do nothing to get out of the situation. So you licked your wounds, and you came back and said, let's go again. I have so much respect for that. Yeah. And good for him. And even on, mm-hmm. and on a further note, he's doing great at work now. That's what I hear. Yeah. And he, how great does he look? 
he started working out because he was going down that bad road, oh, man. I haven't, I haven't seen him yet. He was going down that bad road, and I pulled him in my office one day. I'm like, hey, listen here, man. I'm about to be really mean to you. All right, take it. Stop what you're doing. You have two choices right now. Go down this road that leads to nothing good or clean your act up, do something to better yourself, get back to your job. And then he's like, okay. So I asked him one, like the next day, I'm like, hey, where the hell are you at? And he's like, I'm at the gym. I was like, okay. Damn, okay. And then he ended up going to work somewhere else for a couple of weeks. And he came back. And I hadn't seen him like three weeks. I would check up on him every other day. Hey, how you doing, man? Where are you at? What's, what's it look like? And then he showed up three weeks later. I'm like, holy shit, man. He's like, yeah, man, I put on eight pounds. I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, you're looking good in three weeks. He's like, I do nothing but work out now. Surprised he hasn't called me and asked for a rematch. He'd probably kick my ass now. Uh, he says he wants to come around again. I was like, dude, you're more welcome to because yeah. work's kicking his ass. He's actually yeah. studying. He's in the books. He's getting qualified. I'm like, good awesome. for you. That's awesome. But man, like he definitely put on some weight. He started slimming down those. Face looks skinny. He's got muscle. I was like, I don't think it was my speech that, that did this to you. It was you making that right choice. He's like, no, seriously, it was awesome. Thank you. I mean, because he was. I mean, because I I enjoyed being around him. It just you know had to get in that right headspace, but for sure. You've been getting any uh, totally off topic. Um, you gone to you gone to Walmart and picked up some duck shells yet, or some sh- uh, shells yet? No, actually. Oh, dude, have you had something happen in your life where it stops you in your spot? Stops you dead in your tracks, and it just lights a fire under your ass. Like pisses me off, or no, just whatever. Yeah, just something that changes everything forever. I've been so, and I'll tell you what I mean by this. I'm I've been so relaxed about hunting right now, and it's bothered me. Like I'm not preparing at all. Like I need to get a, a new string on my bow. That needs to happen now. Uh, we need to start scouting. Like this stuff needs to freaking happen. So I'm going to base the other day at like 3.30 in the morning to go pick up a kayak from this guy. He's let me borrow borrow his. And you know the on-ramp right there in front of McDonald's? Yes. 3.30 in the morning. Hit the on-ramp. Making my way around. There are two bucks standing right there on the side of the road. Really? One is probably like a 4x4. Four four. The other one is probably a 6x6, six six, dude. A monster. These tines are probably like... 8 to 12 inch tines, man. I've never seen a deer that big here. Time to pull up Onyx, see who owns that land. <laughs> yeah, it's right there by that walking trail. And I literally, when I say it stops you in your tracks, I locked up my brakes. Literally, literally scared my truck to the shoulder, backed up to try to get my lights on them, rolled down my window, and they both stared at me and took off running. And they jumped that fence onto that running trail. And I guess that's where the swamp kind of like feeds in over. I don't know what you'd call that area, but. I've never seen a buck that big here. That is state land, but you probably can't. It's right by the highway. Yeah, I don't think it's hunting land. I don't know about those sheds. Oh yeah, well, so this a lot of this looks kind of swampy, but we could totally go back there and look for some sheds, though. I want to go park over by that hotel. You can park in the parking lot there and go walk that trail. Yeah. And I've seen, I saw a dead deer there a couple months ago where it jumped the fence and its legs got caught, its back legs got caught, wrapped up in the top wire there. And these foxes had been eating on it. And I like, same things, put my brakes on, I turn around looking like, man, what is that? And it was a freaking doe that did not, or did not successfully jump the fence, got wrapped up. It's like, man, 
I guess there are deer over in that area, but it's so close to the highway right there by that like nature preserve, nature or nature trail. I've seen like turkeys there, foxes, but three thirty in the morning. Yeah, this was Saturday morning, and I freaking locked in my brakes. What was that? Backed up, and I'm like, dude, that is a buck. Yeah, um, we got to scout some more land this year other than what that one time we went out there because, I mean, that wasn't great. That one spot or that one land we went to, it wasn't great. So we I got to take you some to some of these other areas and uh, get, let you get some eyes on on places where there aren't set blinds. You can actually decide where you set up and everything. Um, because, I mean, like you see, like you just said, you saw these deer. Delaware has good deer. They have good, they have quality bucks and nice does there's good hunting in delaware as for it comes to deer you just gotta find them my old neighbor right here one of his co-workers uh is a professional tree cutter so he actually had his own business for a while where he would trim trees back cut them down he actually uh boards them out so he'll actually come in with a chainsaw i think he's got like a 36 inch bar chainsaw or something like that ridiculous and just cuts these boards takes an old tree and logs it, timbers it, whatever you want to call it. But I was talking to him one day. I'm like, man, I haven't seen any good deer here. And he like looked at me. He's like, well, where the fuck have you been looking? <laughs> where I can. And he goes, look at this. And he showed me his trail camera. I was like, okay. I take that that comment back. He's like, no, dude, there's some good bucks here. I, I like I said, like, so I've seen them. I've never had a shot at one. Um, maybe because I suck. I don't know. Um, but no, I mean, there's been times and it, like I, I know they exist. Hell, uh, Jade. You know, I've, you heard me talk about Jade a few times. He's gotten a trophy. He, he he's got one. He's got a whole shoulder mount that he killed in Delaware, hanging in his room, hanging in his house right now. Um, and it's a it's a good buck. It's a good buck anywhere you go. Um, yes. Yeah, and I mean, because you would never think that an area like this would be like that, but it it's. There, there's actually a lot of state hunting land around here. I just have to crack that nut. Well, let's go. Let's, I'll tell you what. Um, when I get back, because so for the next two weeks, we're not going to be making any episodes because I'm going to be on vacation, be going home. But when I get back, it'll be the month leading up to the opening of the season. We'll pick some days. We'll get out there for an evening and we'll go check some stuff out. You get to see some areas and maybe find some sign and maybe even see maybe even see some does or something and i'll fight light a fire under your ass the damn bugs we'll do it when it's raining <laughs> I'll, I'll go i know yeah. i'll go out there when it's raining i don't care no i mean in the end to hunt to hunt i don't care about them but man these bugs have been for the freaking biting flies are still here yeah i think last year it was only like three weeks they're still here i was out moving the sprinklers around they're just eating me up too bad. Yeah. Too bad there's not like scentless bug spray. I have one of those thermocells. I just bought it, so I want to try it. Okay. Do you know what it is? Yeah, I know exactly what it is. Do they work? I've never tried it. Well, we're going to try it. Interesting. Yeah, I want to try well, it. We'll take that with us. We'll, we'll experiment. So, actually, I'll close this off with this because we've been going for a pretty long time. Um, I'll close this off with this story. So... I'm out with Jade where it's early archery season, like it's September. Um, and it's, it's warm, right? It had actually just rained the day before. So everything's super muddy. It's muggy. It's kind of hot. Mosquitoes are everywhere. 
So we're hunting in, I'm already in my spot. Jade's still walking to his spot and I get a text. He tells me he just kicked up three does right on the way to his point. Like once he got to his spot, not even 10 minutes later, he goes, those does came back. I just killed one. <laughs> so I'm like, which by the way, when it comes to deer hunting, Jade, he's got a, he's got a golden horseshoe stuck up his ass because he, this is the luckiest man I have ever met when it comes to deer hunting right now, currently best deer hunter right now. I'll, I'll give him that probably, but it's okay because whenever we get come together and we do any kind of bird hunting, he can't hit shit. <laughs> I trade off. Right. Right. Which but, one do you rather be better at? Yeah. But he does well when I'm not with him. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. He just can't hit anything. Um, but anyway, so fast forward to the end of the day, you know, sunsets, it's time to start heading back to the truck and we got to drag his deer back. And we're, like I said, it had just rained, everything's super muddy. And we are dragging this deer. It's a doe. So it's not like super heavy. He guts it and everything. But like the our, our boots are getting stuck in the mud. It's like the mud is trying to take our boots from us. And we've just, we're getting swarmed by mosquitoes. It's to the point where like every, like I can, when I smack them, like on my face, I can almost feel like the juice on my face. I get finally we get back to the truck and I see a whole bunch of red, like blood spots, like blood splatters all over my face from smacking mosquitoes and like trying to swipe them off of me and everything to where like I swore off, like I will never hunt deer hunt while it's this warm again. That's why I'm interested to see what early season is like for Bo. But in the end, I think I'm going to try to hit that late season. I'm, I'm, I'm probably, so for me, it's what I did last year and I kind of liked it. September is for doves. I can wear my, I can wear my bug spray. It doesn't matter. They're not going to smell me. September's for doves. Once we get into October and that weather starts to drop, we'll start fucking with deer. So not to tell his, uh, his side of the story or his story in general, but to finish up that story, I told you about my friend who took the elk who had the uh, broadhead in its uh, backstrap. Oh, yeah. He was like 20-ish plus miles back into the woods. He it, This is mid-September in Idaho, so it's in the 80s and 90s. We had a bad wildfire season. He dropped freaking elk. It took him, I think, two days hiking the meat back and forth, back and forth. He would always find a creek and submerge it. And then on his last hike, he refused to call anybody at first because he didn't want them to see where he was hunting. And that's how, that's funny, man. How freaking paranoid keep that secret. Yeah. And it was a good well, elk, you know man. What? <laughs> I can almost get, I understand that with elk because it, elk is already one of those things. It's already so hard to do. I think it's one in 10 hunters. There's one in 10, 10% successful hunts. Yeah. So I kind of get it. Yeah. And so he did it. He was actually with another friend or a coworker of mine, if you will. So anyway, so they uh, they took this elk. It took them two days to hike the meat back and forth, back and forth. They submerge it as best they can. And on, I think it was like the second to last leg before they were free and got it all to the truck. He left a part of the bone sticking up out of the water. And a black bear came, pulled it all out of the freaking creek and ate it all. He said it was spoiled. There was freaking bear all over it he said it was lost so he managed to get i think 
a back strap and I think one of the shoulders. That's got to be heartbreaking. And of course the rack. Because that's the last thing. You go back for that at the end, hike out. And so he walks up with his rack and goes, what the fuck? And a black bear pulled the bags out, <laughs> ate it all. I'd be heartbroken. Yeah. His first elk too, if I remember correctly. And it was a good Abs- one. It was a solid six by six. Absolutely heartbroken. Crazy. Enjoy vacation, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. We're going to go there. Dad's got some, uh, you know, we got some, we got a pond on the property. Uh, nobody can seem to catch any of the fish though. So I'm, I'm going to come over there and show them how it's done. Send uh, pictures. Yeah. I mean, he, we just, they just stocked it like, uh, what was it? Two, two years ago, two, three years ago. Um, so I mean, nothing, nothing's like massive yet. The bluegill apparently from what they've told me are pretty decent size. Um, so maybe we can get a few of those, fry them up, but I'm not really expecting like any behemoths when it comes to bass or anything. Not only send pictures, but how about you post them? Absolutely. And that's a shout um, out to everyone. If you are listening, post. We want to see those pictures. We know you're getting those bass, you know, uh, hunting season around the corner. Anything outdoors, post away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even if you're into like outdoor photography, you know, post that stuff too. Um, wink, wink. Love seeing those pictures. Yeah. I'm, I looked right at Derek when I said that because he hasn't posted any of his photography. He's a, he's a fantastic photographer. He takes some great pictures. I think actually my favorite picture he's taken is of that fox you have in your backyard. You got it. By the way, you, Bro, got it. you, you should got it. see. No, you should see this one I just took like two days ago. I'll of, show you of a fox. My dogs were so worried about getting fed that they didn't even notice this fox was behind them. You know my stump is right here. You know the old. What does the fox say? Well, I can tell you now because <laughs> these dogs didn't even know the foxes. They didn't give a fuck about the fox because the food's sitting about ready to go down. So they're just trying to get inside. And this fox, I'm like, what is that? Dude, this fox would not shut up. It was well, give us a demonstration. I, I'm not even gonna, it was chirping. It was making this weird chirping noise. Well, I mean, and, come on, you do such a good job with your animal impressions. So like, you did the I'm bull, the best. and then what you the best. So like come on, give us give, give us something. I don't I don't I should have recorded it. I don't even, it was a chirp. I don't know how to describe it. Okay. So wait till I show you this photo. Then I'll, I'll start to edit it soon. But okay. man, you should see it. it's I think one of my best photos I've ever taken. All right, cool. All right, man. Well, that's going to be it for today. Nice long recording. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, um, for those of you that do listen, uh, if you like it, we appreciate it. Let us know what you like. Uh, let also, let us know what else you'd like to hear us talk about. Because obviously, you guys are the consumers. Um, your opinion matters. So let us know what you think. Let If there's something that uh, you didn't necessarily like, well, maybe we just forget about that part. Um, give us ideas give us comments if you have someone you think would be fun send them our way and send us questions and we can talk about them hell we can talk about them on the show if you've got like a question about something and maybe get some education thrown in here um, I think one of the things I, I brought this up to Derek I want to do like some survival scenario things just like a quick little game um, things like that if you, if, you, if you can think of anything along those lines that you think would be fun to listen to or just to hear us joke about or whatever. What would you do? That would be an interesting one. That would be interesting. Or would you rather? Oh, would you rather is always fun. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Maybe we take some videos of you eating some bugs. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we love those glory days, huh? Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. That's going to be all for today. See ya. See ya. See ya.